0: County Water Polo Podcast. I am Dan Albano. Welcome back to so all the water polo fans joining us once again. I have a, we have some special guests in addition to our regular crew. I'm once again joined by Steve Carrera, the boys and girls water polo coach at Orange Lutheran. And we also have a special coach, uh, special guest, I should say tonight. He's not a coach, but he is a very familiar water polo scribe here in Orange County, and that is Matt Zabo of the. Daniel Lee Pilot. Matt, uh, thank you for joining us, and how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, you guys. All right. And Coach Carrera, uh, Lawrence Lutheran back at it this week, and how are, how's it going to Lancer Nation?
1: Things are going well over here. Um, glad to have Matt on the call as well. Obviously, um, you know, follow your stuff, follow your Twitter, and follow uh, read your story, so... Uh, just up front, want to thank you for everything you do for uh, the sport and Orange County high school sports in general. So thank you.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad you guys are uh, joining us, and uh, glad to have Matt. Uh, Matt, you've been taking in some baseball because I, I follow you on your Twitter at uh, and all the water polo fans should definitely be following Matt at uh, M J Zabo, which is uh, S Z A B O. But uh, I have a pressing question for you, Matt, on the Dodgers. What did you think of that Chase Utley slide? I personally thought that that, was, that seemed a little dirty to me. I know you were, you were at the game with the Dodgers uh, the other night.
2: Um, yes, I was at the game, which unfortunately I mean, meant I had to miss the last day of the SNR Cup. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, you know, he's known for going in hard all the time. So, I mean, I, after it happened, I kind of saw on Twitter and other places, a number of different clips of him doing that to other different players. Um, Maybe nothing quite as egregious, but um, I didn't have a huge problem with it. I think that because of the result, the broken leg, um, I think baseball kind of overreacted uh, with the two-game suspension. Uh, But maybe I'm biased because I'm a Badgers fan, so (laughs) I don't know. No problem. Well, we
0: did miss you at the SNR Final on Saturday night in Irvine. The uh, 16-team tournament uh, was outstanding once again. It was a two-day tournament. Real good competition. It was won for the third consecutive year by Harvard-Westlake. And they defeated Foothill in the championship game. Took it to the Knights pretty pretty handily. But I think one of the things we can get some insight from that with, and uh, obviously Coach Carrera, you're familiar with both those teams as well, is that Del uh, Mar played Harvard-Westlake in the semifinals. Um, played them to a very close game, about uh, five or six goals. You know, relatively, you know that's close for Harvard Westlake now. I think the score was fourteen to seven, and the way Harvard is dominating teams, that's actually a pretty good score, especially if you look at the final three quarters of the game. It was a pretty competitive game, and I'd like to hear Matt. Maybe you can give us a little insight on where you think Corona Del Mar is right now. Where this is their second tournament, they've gotten fourth. But in both those tournaments, they, they haven't been able to finish, which Kosho Day mentioned on Saturday as, as, as a little bit of a downer. But the positive for the Sea Kings is in both their semifinals, which were against Harvard-Westlake and then at the South Coast Tournament against Mater Day, they actually played very competitively. Um, and they played those teams that eventually won the tournament closer than those teams uh, had in the, the championship game. So do you agree with me and maybe see some... Positive uh, building for Corona Del Mara, and you know, this is they're that right now they're that perennial fourth place team in Division One, that or the fourth seed in Division One.
2: Absolutely. Um, it sounds to me like the tournament was really a positive. Um, I understand that in uh, the semifinal, Big it was like they were down 5 1 uh, after the first quarter. So uh, to go from 5 1 to a 14 7 final. Um, they played them pretty even the rest of the game. I think it was 9-6. So, um, and obviously I, I think that they are kind of coming in the form. I think that the Battle of the Bay, uh, which was two weekends ago now, um, they were obviously, they were ch- challenged a lot by Newport Harbor. And, um, they were able to kind of escape with the one goal victory. But, um, I don't know. I think it does give them confidence for sure, um, playing a relatively close game with Harvard, especially when you consider, like you said, that right now they're, they're the number four seed, so that's a possible CIS semifinal game, um, which they played them last year as well in the semis. Um, so they're pretty familiar with Harvard, but I know Coach O D uh, kind of likes to have that level of competition. Um, they don't always get that in Pacific Coast League, um, especially with the double round in Pacific Coast League. So... Um, they really looked to these tournaments to get that level of competition, and I think that that was probably uh, a valuable thing for them, uh, them. You know, as we uh,
0: as we get closer to playoff time and the seeding time, and like we said, we you know we the South Coast tournament is in the books, SNR tournament is in the books. Even before both those tournaments, there was a Santa Barbara. So you've had you've got about two thirds of the major tournaments are done. And for CDM, though they're going to have one more major tournament, and that's they're going to go to the Memorial Cup um, later in the season coming up in Northern California. But they're not going to see uh, Harvard, Westlake, or Modern Day, both you know their Division One competitions, or even Loyola, another you know Division One competition above them. But they're going to see some other strong competition um, foothills among the teams to watch up there. But they're not going to. so what I'm saying is that like some of their competition is already set now. The, the one co- the game they still have out there, and I'm going to direct this toward Coach Carrera, is that BBM has they end the season playing modern day in a non-league game. But it is a little bit tough to even if you pull up an upset in that last game, you start to get the body and work argument, which I think we've talked about before. Versus you know um, you know the body and work versus one game or a hot finish. You know how you're playing at the end it gets pretty heavily debated by those. Those um, when it comes to bracket time, but I wonder, Coach Clare, do you, is CDM uh, with the way it's turned out right now? Are they just locked in at that four spot, which is a very dangerous spot? Um, you know, sounds good, but you, then you got to think about who's the number five going to be. That could be that four-five is always such a tough quarterfinal. It's a flip of a coin where it's going to be. It could be Huntington Beach. It could be Orange Lutheran. Your squad. But do you think CDM is just – we can just pencil them in now and they're going to be the four-seed in Division
1: One? Well, I mean, first to touch on uh, really quick on the Harvard-CDM game, I think one thing that is, you know, really impressive to point out about Harvard is that they only allowed one goal in the first half against CDM. And, you know, Brian Flax is having them play really good defense because to slow down uh, the CDM counter, that sort of style of play – I think it's a, it's a big task, and um, yeah, that means they're playing really good defense, and they're playing really good controlled offense, so, you know, I think that's what's making Harvard so tough to crack right now. Um, you know, I think, I think CDM is, you know, as Matt was saying, we talked, we talked a little bit about it last week regarding the league and the double round, and CDM is one of those teams that I think is at a disadvantage because of the double round. Um, they've dominated that league, and I think I said that last weekend or last week. And so they can't schedule, you know, the uh, really tough non-league schedule that some of the other teams can. But having Mater Day at the end, I think, is a really, really good thing because right now he can really focus on, you know, watching video and seeing where he went wrong and coming up with game plans and that that kind of thing. And no one's gonna see him. Um, you know, I mean, we're up at the Memorial Tournament too, Orange Lutheran is, so maybe we, oh yeah, you know, maybe okay. we see them, uh, which would be great. Uh, but, you know, other than that, there isn't really a, um, you know, non, non league opponent that's going to challenge them, you know, but with, you know, you're bringing up body of work, you know, CDM has lost to HB by one, they beat HB, you know, Orange Lutheran lost to Huntington Beach. We play them again this Saturday. You know, that's sort of a wash whether we win or lose. Um, you know, I think, I, I, I think the body of work is going to go towards CDM's favor um, in, in terms of wrapping up that four seed. I really do.
0: Well, I guess there's a chance. I, you know, I, I actually kind of forgot that you guys were up that tournament because you guys have been in the Santa Barbara tournament. You guys were in the South Coast tournament. Um, so there's a chance that the Lancers, you know, if you guys could get on a roll, um, beat, if you could beat Huntington Beach, be, uh, get a victory against CDM, you might, maybe even pass them in the polls. Uh, you, uh, but you've already played modern day. You've, uh, but you haven't, uh, you have a non-league game with uh, Harvard still, right, coach?
1: Yeah, we play Harvard, uh, in October. So our October is pretty tough. I mean, Harvard, HB, Memorial Tournament. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> not to not to talk about the past but you know last year girls season you know we we thought we should have been higher than we were and we weren't you know so the body of work um, is really important apparently to the to this to the committee and it's not who's hot late you know and I think you know if you, if CDM beats modern day at the end going into the playoffs I will almost guarantee that CDM is not ahead of modern day going into the playoffs. I don't necessarily think that's right. I mean, it's, it's not right for college, college sports. It's not right for, you know, uh, most, most levels of sport, but with CIF it is, you know? So um, I, I think that's kind of, I think that's why they're locked into that number four seed.
0: Cory Del has not uh, man. Mar has
2: not played Loyola, right? That's correct. Um, so, I don't. I don't think they do, right? I don't, I don't think Loyola's at the Memorial Cup either. No,
1: they're nor, They're going to the North South Challenge, and that's the weekend before the Memorial. So, Memorial's got teams like Long Beach Wilson, Foothill, you know, CDM, and Orange Lutheran. You know, so it's becoming its own North South Challenge. To be honest, I mean. Um, it's it's a pretty good tournament, Memorial Cup.
0: Yeah, that's the Bellarmine hosted tournament, so well, it should be interesting. I think CDM is an interesting team to watch. The two meter game again to me looks very strong with Hack uh, leading the way at two meters. Matt Moran continues to impress me, and if they uh, can get that counter going, and you know, and and if their attackers are on, and they get some outside shooting, um. Ben Brooks is actually a, a kid who's got some outside shooting abilities. If they get the outside shooting going, then they're very dangerous. So they're, they're still very formidable because they they have excellent size. They're being very well conditioned this year. Uh, they're pushing the counter as much as they can. And uh, I think they're, you know, they're outstanding in goal. So they're, they're a team to watch. Um, guys, looking a little bit at the schedule this week, it's a really good schedule in Orange County this week. There's, there's outstanding games. On uh, Tuesday, you know, in the Pacific Coast League, I'm going to be checking out one of them. It's going to be uh, Woodbridge and Beckman. I'm interested to see how those guys duke it out on Tuesday. But on Wednesday, the schedule is outstanding. And one of the games I wanted to ask Matt about, uh, it's going to be a 5 o'clock start at Newport Harbor. And the Sailors, who lost their first round game, Newport Harbor Sailors, they lost their first game at the SNR tournament. And they came back and won three straight. They lost their opener to Mirmani. Pretty tough team from the Northern California, but Newport Harbor, uh, now full strength, uh, for the most part, they, they pretty much got their, uh, most of the guys they back, you know, senior guys, they want to back, uh, they've added One of their, um, uh, players who was ineligible, uh, got to do a sit out period. He's back, but they're playing Huntington beach, the defending sunset league champions. And I'm wondering, Matt, how you, how you think, uh, that game will go. What are Newport Harbor's chances? We're expecting Huntington Beach to be full strength. Um, they've had one of their players, Ethan Wojcowski, uh their outstanding uh, junior attacker, really on the rise. He's been out with a concussion, So we're expecting them to be full strength as they try to defend their title. They'll be the heavy, you know, they'll be a pretty, you know, high, you know, heavy favorite, I would say. I mean, they're ranked higher in Orange County in Division One. Uh, Newport Harbor's young they're trying to put things together with some of their their older players but what what chances do you give uh, the sailors in this game to try to pull the
2: upset um i actually give them a pretty good chance um i think it's tough because we haven't really seen just the team that they have now has not been together for a long period of time since the start of the season um you mentioned the two seniors um they got back um both of whom are starters, one's a center, one's a defender. Um, and then, um, the transfer from CDM, uh, Connor Turnbull-Lindenstadt, um, I got a chance to see him over the summer, um, at J.O.'s, and he's a very gifted, um, offensive player, I would say, a uh, very good shooter. Um, I believe his first game was last week against Fountain Valley, um, in the league opener, and he scored five goals, so that kind of shows you, uh, the offensive potential he has, um, I think that Newport Harbor is kind of showing at the right time, and um, I know, like you said, they lost that first game um, at, at the SNR. I believe it was an overtime, um, but then they came back on them three in a row, and I, I think that they're a dangerous team, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they move up from their number nine spot, um, Division One rankings right now, um, although uh, past this Huntington game. I'm not sure how many more games they'll have to do so. Um, they've already played all three of their tournaments um, after last weekend. But, yeah, I think uh, Ross is doing a good job over there, and I think um, they're definitely going to be ready to play Huntington. Uh, they really impressed me at the Battle of the day, you know. Um, a lot of people thought CDM might win that game uh, by a few goals, and you know, it came right down to the wire. So, I expect a, a similar kind of outcome um, on Wednesday night. But Coach Carrera, you've uh, played both those teams. You played Newport Harbor
0: and Huntington Beach. What's your take on this game? I mean, this is a, a big game where you know we're talking about Huntington Beach. You know, they're a team, you know, that uh, you know is trying to get a seat as high as they can, and you got to win your league to uh, to get those really high seeds. And if you don't, you're, you're you know in Division One, you're you know you're a two seed. You're living life dangerously when it comes to uh, some, some, some very difficult meeting yeah. that could make your playoff uh, run a little bit shorter.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm going to agree with Matt in the sense that I think, you know, Newport's going to be a tough team regardless of uh, where they are in the polls, you know. And I do think that they're playing well right now. I knew that Miramonte was going to be, a, a, you know, a tough game. Because the, it was just not a good, it was just not a good matchup for Newport. You know that the different styles, and um, you know I know that one of the players from Newport uh, wasn't able to play against Miramonte because of something that happened against Fountain Valley, and so they were down one guy, and um, you know they still were able to get it into overtime and and, and compete, and I, I think you know, the one thing that they're going to do is they're going to be pumped up for this league game. They know that this is the league championship game. And, um, you know, I know that neither team is looking past a, a very uh, dangerous Edison team as well. But, you know, I, I, really, um, I really think it's going to be a close game. You know, but I do think that Huntington Beach has the ability to break it wide open if Newport is not on their A game. You know, I think if Newport's playing well, I think they can hang with them the entire game. But if they have a lapse, you know, one minute or two minute lapse, I think Huntington Beach is capable of scoring four or five goals really quick. So I I think that's really going to be the key for Newport is just don't turn the ball over um, and and try to keep it close into the fourth and then anything can happen.
0: Yeah, that's it. interesting, Coach. I think for me, you know, Huntington Beach has been a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team for me this season. There's some times they've looked outstanding, and there's some head scratching results. I think they're a very talented team, but I, I still think they're really still trying to find some consistent level of play. Um, they still, I think, have a lot of work to do. I, um, I think they've probably seen some some things this year that maybe they didn't expect to see or. Um, need to still work on. Um, I gotta believe that you know, Clinton Osborne's probably received a heck of a lot more attention that, than he did last year. That's their uh, their fine center. They obviously, you know, they're they're well rounded. They can they can swim. They uh they can they can counter attack. But I think they're still trying to find um, maybe some of their half court offense, perhaps in dealing with some of the drops. But it's gonna be an interesting game, which to uh, see what. But Huntington Beach team shows up? I, I think they're scuffling a little bit right now um, without without having Ethan out there. And it's uh, this Wednesday schedule is uh, is tough for me. Where as much as I love to see that Sunset League game, I was at it last year It was a you know breakthrough, a victory for Huntington Beach. They hadn't won a Sunset League title in a very long time. Uh, it's, you know, it many many years. Um, but at the same time, on Wednesday night at six o'clock at Modern Day. You got the, uh, the 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 finalists for the last two Division One titles or uh, uh, finals are going to be uh, playing each other, and that's going to be modern day playing host to uh, Harvard Westlake. Harvard Westlake comes in thirteen and zero, as we mentioned, they won the SNR Cup. Their winning streak now is fifty games, to, uh, Coach Carrera. This is a uh, this is a big rivalry. Uh, it was interesting to me, Coach uh, Coach Flack. Some of the coaches, I, I have to say, they. And I, I guess I, you know, but you're not one of these coaches, I right? you're, you're you're a pretty straight shooter. But Coach Flax is an outstanding young coach, and he wants to. T- he's telling me afterwards, everyone's so careful. It's what they say, and he want he told me after the SNR Cup that he wasn't sure. He well, he didn't think it was his place to call it a rivalry. And um, I just you know, Coach, I think we just let's, let's, let's call it what it is. It's a it's a very, um, very good rivalry. There's a, they have a rival between the schools, there's the, the players, the fans. They might be common training partners, but when you play as much as these guys do for all these championships and JOs and Division One, I, I don't know how it cannot be a rivalry.
1: Um, well, me. So much
0: passion. So, what's your take on this? Uh, I would say a rivalry game where Harvard has had the modern day number as of late. But what's your take on this
1: game? Um. I mean, maybe, maybe he's what, what Brian is trying to say is that it's not a rivalry because he feels like he's the better, they're the better team, you know, not putting words in his mouth, but I mean, Harvard has, has had modern day's number, um, for the last couple of years. And, you know, modern days won some, some games, um, particularly, you know, they dominated in the, uh, state championship final. And, um, you know, I know Harvard was down Felix, but Modern Day was on fire in that game. I was there, and uh, it was it was a really energetic uh, game by Modern Day. So that's what it's going to take for Modern Day right now to, to to beat Harvard Westlake. You know, they're they're going to have to play their style of energetic, you know, in your face type type water polo, um, but you know. You know, Orange Lutheran doesn't doesn't like Modern Day either. I mean, we're we're a rivalry as well, but we can't really call it a rivalry because we haven't really we've never beat them. You know, so I'm not saying Harvard uh, Modern Day hasn't beat Harvard, but I think right now even Chris would be the first one to say that. Hey, Harvard has our number. They're a great team. They're they're the favorite, and I think he has been quoted as saying that in one of your articles. Um, so. I think Modern Day is going to have to play out of their mind to uh, beat Harvard on Wednesday, but it's possible. I mean, it's definitely possible.
0: Well, yeah, I I got to see Modern Day play uh, against you guys. That was a pretty conservatively played match. Not a lot of counterattacks. Everybody, both teams were trying to be as as, execute as best as they could. Um, Playing a lot of a lot of traditional uh, USA type water polo. And then modern day just, just executed much better um, than Orange Lutheran. They're going to probably need that for sure. If they get out extra man chances, they need to convert like they did against Orange Lutheran. Hey, Matt, I know you've seen a lot of modern day, and I think what F- Coach Flax at Harvard he just doesn't want to get modern day any bulletin board materials. What I'm guessing he doesn't want to say anything that's going to get those guys going. And, and that's some smart coaching, really. Um, what's your take on on modern day stepping up against uh, Harvard Westlake? Um, this could be their this is their second meeting uh, of the season, and, and the first one
2: went clearly to, to Harvard. Yeah, you know, um, I have seen a lot of them over the past couple of years. I, I think this year I've only seen them once, which was when uh, they beat CDM uh, in the semifinals of the um, tournament before the last tournament, which I'm going a blank. Uh, but, so, uh, The top coach tournament, yes, thank you. Um, They always have a lot of Newport guys on their team. Um, We covered them at the Junior Olympics over the summer. They had eight Newport guys on their team. Um, So it's clear that they kind of like to draw from our area, which I know has caused some interesting things in the past with some of our coaches. But anyways, um, yeah, I think that's right. I think it's not a rivalry if one team always wins. Um, So... But that being said, it seems like it is always an intense game. Um, I heard that the game last year at Harvard West, like, um, you know, there was a ton of people there, and a lot of people also uh, watched the stream online. So um, it's great for the sport. And, I mean, when you think about how many of these kids are going to kind go of on, go on and play the next level, um, it's great to see. Um, I, I'm not sure if anyone can stop Harvard this year, to be honest. Um, it seems like there is a gap between number one and number two, um, but I guess that's why they play the games, so I guess
1: we'll see. You know, yeah. the one thing that, you know, and, and I know, and I'm not going to speak for Matt, but I mean, Chris is obviously a very well accomplished coach, and he's, I, you know, I have the utmost respect for the guy and what he's been able to accomplish at modern day. You know, and he's he's been on the other side of it. He's been on that other side where he has all of that, you know, just A-plus talent, and he was able to, you know, really work with it and do something special with it. Harvard right now just has, you know, it's not just Ben Halleck. They have a couple guys that are really unguardable 101. You just can't guard them one. And modern-day, um, you know, I think they're getting better Pretty good center play, but when it when they struggle, it's because of the it's because they don't have somebody who's just going to go in there and dominate in the center. Because Harvard has a couple guys that are that can guard and and can really control the that center position, and that's what I saw in, in Santa Barbara uh, more than anything was just modern day yeah. struggled in the front court, and um, Harvard took advantage of that and they were able to get a couple easy goals and. So I think it's going to be a great game, and this is not going to be the last time that they meet. I, I would predict that they're probably going to meet in the North-South Challenge final as well. So, you know, both teams aren't showing everything. You know, you got to think, Wednesday doesn't really mean much, to be honest. You know, whether you go number one or number two, uh, I, you know, as Matt said, there's a gap between one and two, but there's also a gap between two and three. So, um, you know modern day pretty much destroyed Loyola, uh, by I think eight goals or something like that. And that was uncharacteristic of Loyola, but they, they have Loyola's number. So, um, you know, I, I would see say that they're going to see each other in the, in the final of the North South. And so they know that, are you really going to show everything right now in the middle of October? I I don't think so. I think they're going to, they're not going to, you know, throw every single play out there.
2: Would you, would you also say that kind of at, at this point in the season, I know we're kind of getting towards the end of the season, but um, the final score
1: is, doesn't always predicate like how happy you are as a coach. Oh, um, for, for sure. I mean, and I'm, I'm a perfect example of that. I mean, we've lost games this year where, you know, under cer- certain circumstances you're happy with the result, you know.
2: So maybe Day kind of goes into that game, and that, you know, if they kind of keep, I know Coach Egizino is a very competitive guy as well, um, but it, you know, if they kind of show some fight and do some good things, maybe defensively, um, because Harvard is also one of those teams like you were talking about with Huntington that is prone to go on these huge scoring runs, and uh, I've seen that like, with them against CDM sure. um, last year for sure. So, I mean,
1: um, they, yeah, they're. Modern day needs to, they they need to be able to play a front court game against Harvard, you know, because Harvard's not going to turn the ball, ball over as much as some of the other teams. Um, Harvard is is going to be a little bit more disciplined, and so they're going to play a thirty second shot clock. Har, uh, modern day can't really get out on the counter like they did, you know, <laughs> using myself as an example, like they did against Orange Lutheran. I mean, I know Dan said that there was some, you know, execution. I, I, I normally don't disagree with uh, Dan. I would just say that, you know, Orange Lutheran, from an outsider's perspective, if I was just sitting watching the video, we made, you know, mistakes at critical times that led to their easy goals. And that's what modern day has been able to do. They're able to, you know, really play tough defense by, the, you know, by their time. And then when you make two or three mistakes, you know, two or three goals right there, and then they're they kind of have you on the, uh, you know, they are kind of breaking your back there. So, you know, their six on five is doing well, but you're only drawing a lot of kickouts in the front court. You're not drawing a bunch of kickouts on the, in transition. So, you know, modern days really has to, um, you know, play a really good front court game against Harvard in order for them to take advantage of their strengths. Their six on five. Um, you know, their their counterattack, and if they're dropping, of course, you know, if, if Harvard drops, then Modern Day has some amazing outside shooters, but, you know, if if they're not able to really execute at that end of the pool, I think it's going to be very difficult for, the, for them to win. I do think it's going to be a one- or a two-goal game. I don't think it's going to be like it was in Santa Barbara. I think it's going to be uh, really, really close game and I think if you're not at the Newport H B game, you're at the modern day uh Harvard game. Those are the those two games are gonna be pretty amazing that night.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think uh you know I think it's score was twelve to three, uh, Harvard beat yeah. Modern Day, something like that yeah. up in Santa Barbara and they shut out uh, modern day in the second half and I, I, I like the point. I, I think it, we, Coach Flax was spot on. Uh, I was asked, asking him at the S and R tournament, you know, compare his team's this year's team to last year's team. I thought he had it, one of his good points was the Harvard team seems to have a mentality uh, to defend this year, uh, maybe better than the last year's team. Um, he was very complimentary of his team, uh, the way it's defending, and they got. You do have the Felix kid. Um, is guarding two meters. Um, their, their kid that they, they had guarding two meters last year. Now on the perimeter, he's another bonus guy. Their go- their goalie's doing very well. The sophomore goalie's doing very well. They're pressing. Um, so that's where they are really shutting down. I think that's where they probably you know as much as we talked about the scoring and you can and it's easy to see that with Halleck is kind of toying with people. He's one of the best high school centers I've ever seen. Scoring with left hands, right hands. He's so polished, playing so high in the water.
1: I mean, John Mann That's... is the only guy that I've seen do what he's done. I mean, those are have to be the best two centers um, in high school water polo ever. I mean, from from what I remember, everything that I remember. Uh, you know, I I played in the early '90s up till '95 those two guys are the best centers I've ever seen. And Halleck is, yeah. I mean, when you need a goal, he's going to get you a goal. Whether that's scoring yeah. or getting a kick out or getting a five meter, it's really, really tough. And that was, you know, the late, great John Walters. That was what John did for Modern Day all those years um, but, for Chris. he When they needed something, they went to John and John was able to convert, you know?
0: Yeah, he's not a bad comparison with, uh, with, with John Walters. But I think, you know, I just think modern day, you know, I think they're, usually, they're a very, usually a very sound defensive team. Like their coach is a defensive coach. He played for the national team. He was the defender. He's a defensive-minded guy. They always play pretty sound defense. They don't give up. They're not, you know, they're not, I could be surprised. They're not going to give up, you know, 15 to 18 goals. That would be very surprising. But I think what modern days they got to find a way to score, and I think that's what you know what's really struggled for Foothill in the uh, S and R finals. They had their most while they gave up a lot of goals. I think they started to get worn down a little bit. But I think you get frustrated. I think the players get frustrated. It's so hard to score, and then they start to see some rush shots. Yeah, um, and they start to press and make make some plays um, and push some things that you know put themselves in some bad decisions and those bad passes. Those rush shots to see the counterattacks, so it takes a lot of mental strength and i think that's what the, the challenge is that it's going to be for modern day to try to find a way to score you know obviously they only scored three goals last time so yeah. um but it should be some good games so i guess on wednesday i'll be following that uh, twitter handle and uh, i'll be over at modern day or maybe i'll try to see the first half an hour of that uh Maybe the first half over or first quarter over at Newport
1: Harbor. Who knows? Well, I gotta but, get a, uh, I gotta get a video camera over there and and turn on the live stream. The CIF lets me yeah. for both games. I'd I'd love to do both games. Just you know, those are the those, that's the type of stuff that we need to be putting on. You know, I mean, you saw right. how successful it was last. I don't know if it was last year, if it was two years ago when Modern Day went to Harvard. Um, I think I want to say that last one, year was that last, last year? year. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I I wish that those games were.